0: Welcome back to another episode of the STD podcast. The topic of today's discussion is intensity techniques, when to use them versus straight sets, what types of intensity techniques to use, when it is appropriate to input them into a training program, and when is it appropriate to delete them, and our experiences with intensity techniques. I was really grateful for Shimmy in this podcast. Shimmy always has a running list of topics that he wants to talk about and with this podcast as opposed to when i have other guests on i try to be a little bit less formal not to have it as scripted and as structured just because i want it to be a little bit more informal just somebody's talking about training but shimmy always does kind of save the day because he has these things that he takes notes on that he would love to talk about on this platform and this ended up being a really really great discussion so i'm really grateful for him for that i hope you enjoy the podcast We're up to one review on our listening platform. So if you have some time and you like the podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite listening platform. If you're on YouTube, subscribe, like, comment. And if you're on social, I always do appreciate when you share, especially on Instagram stories. Thanks for listening.
1: So I wanted to talk about the use case of intensity techniques and a 1A, 1B point to that. The fact that i think people use intensity techniques as a way of stiff arming is actually the text that i use in the reel that i posted today of stiff arming high quality technique and good use of effort they will band-aid the fact that straight sets are boring straight sets are hard and that maybe they don't train as hard or as of high quality as they should by using intensity techniques And you see this a ton with personal trainers and online coaches when it comes to programming, when they want to sound smart. So therefore, they will add in all sorts of what they call modifiers of intensity increases, (coughs) when in reality, straight sets with better effort and better quality movement might have been the good idea. Now, there are times, which we will go into, where intensity techniques have a use case. But I would say that majority of the time, I'm not gonna put a numerical determination on that, but a majority of the time, straight sets are the way, like the Mandalorian. This is the way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think straight sets should be taking generally a majority of, of your working volume and then intensity techniques should be applied when deemed appropriate. Um, but you had some stuff about like masking um, technique and. Sure, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, if somebody is using a partial range of motion or they're training farther away from failure than they need to, or they may even be picking poor exercises for them, they might say to themselves, I'm lacking stimulation. I need more. I don't feel like this is hard enough. Therefore, I need to do more. I need to do something else. This is where the special snowflake conversation a lot of times comes in. That may work for you guys to do the straight sets, but it doesn't work for me because I am unique. So therefore I need to do drop set, ISO hold, run the rack, choose your weapon in order to get the stimulation that I need. When in reality, that may not that may be what you need But more than likely, that's not what you need at all. What you need is to learn full range of motion training and to train very, very hard. And then, only then, after you've really mastered that and filled up your cup with as much straight set volume as you could, then you manifest that volume increase through intensity technique modifications.
0: Agree, 100%. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, oh. Trevor's audio cut out.
1: Yes, I can keep rambling unless Trevor. You want to add something to that? I think he's trying to, but I think his mic's uh his mic is acting He's up, wearing uh, a headset. Trevor, just take off your headset, maybe.
0: Well, no, I mean oh. the headset has a mic on it, so it might, it might be. I mean, I don't, I don't have a mic. I know, dude. Get uh cheap headphones. It'll help. Is
1: it bad? Is my audio bad right now?
0: I don't think it's bad, but if you, uh, usually the headphone improves it uh, noticeably. I should know I grab my on.
1: AirPods? I mean, I could probably do that.
0: AirPods don't. So, like the actual. Can you guys wired hear me headphones. now? Yes. Yeah, I we hear know. you now.
1: Okay.
2: Um, I was saying that I agree, and I think that uh, straight sets should be your bread and butter for a long time before you start doing intensity techniques for everything. There's a time and a place and even for maybe more beginners, I think there's a time and a place and there's some of the cases that we'll talk about in a bit, but it, it shouldn't be your first go to of like, well, my my entire workout plan is that every, every single exercise is going to have some kind of intensity technique added to it. If I see somebody doing that, I basically automatically know they either don't train as hard as I think they do. Or if I just clearly watched their t- technique, I'm like, well, yeah, I see why you need to do a million drop sets because uh, I don't, I don't think you did one single rep of that entire set, extended yeah. set. You know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. like you you watch someone do a, a you know a, a dumbbell bench, and this is all they're doing, and they do like four drop sets. I'm like, yeah, I'm still waiting for you to do one rep,
0: right? I think you see this in the in those programs where people are like, "I need thirty sets to to grow this muscle or whatever." It's oh, like, yeah. You know, like, oh yeah, Did you actually do any actual sets, uh, you know, throughout training that muscle at all? Right. Um, and I, I, think- I would
1: like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to add, irrespective of the maybe less intelligent trainees and coaches, even people in our sphere that are intelligent, there are times where they are using this stuff. And they may, they may not need to, or maybe it's because they've tried the rest and it doesn't work. So for many of you that watch the RP videos, when you see people do, for example, myo rep matching on curls or lateral raises, the reason that they are likely doing that is because just doing all straight sets didn't work or didn't work as well. Right. But they had plenty of years of trying it and doing it. You don't usually see people doing intensity techniques on stiff-legged deadlifts. Why? Because straight sets just half. work. Yeah. They just right. work. You, would break you, don't half usually, tried. you don't usually see people doing forced eccentrics and partials for the most part on a barbell bench press or dumbbell press because the straight sets just work. But you will see it on a cable pushdown, on a calf raise on uh, curl variations, lateral raise and rear delt variations, because these things for some people, straight sets are not enough. They don't yield the stimulus that you'd want them to. But the whole thing that we are trying to get at is they didn't do uh, supersets or whatever it is, intensity techniques first. They did the straight sets for an inordinate period of time. And only after they said, my results have been subpar. I think I need more and I can do better under the guise of high quality technique and effort. Did they then go and do that? Yeah. right. Personal anecdote
2: on this one, but this year I have moved to where basically all of my bicep training is done with intensity techniques. And I have seen like very noticeable growth in my biceps but it has literally just been this year up until then i had done straight sets and i got results but eventually it just wasn't as good as i would like it to be and i was willing to try something and it just happened to work but i didn't just jump into doing it i spent years doing straight sets right
0: yeah Mm -hmm. I, i think um One thing with with the intensity techniques, too, is is that they're just generally sexier. Mm, Uh, Yeah, so much. People get bored with doing the basics and they want to do something that either looks cool or gives them like, you know, uh, like some sort of novelty, I think, is a big part of it, too, because they get bored with their programs. Um, So that's something to consider, too. And I mean, I don't know, I get some sort of satisfaction out of doing something like doing the basics correctly because of all that I can get out of them, right? Like Mm -hmm. the actual raw stimulus out of those exercises, like when they're done well is, is nice. Like you get a good pump, you get the good disruption of the muscle. Um, But there is something to be said about like people chasing um, novelty or, or, or sexiness for lack of a better term in their exercise program um, and, and not sticking to the basics as a result of that.
1: Um. At the risk of of sounding uh, like I'm trying to be, like, overly sexy, sexier than I am already, obviously, um, I think there's something to be said for advanced basics. And I don't know, Trevor, I feel like you, you hear about this maybe in sport. I don't want to speak for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Like, there's basics that you learn. And then there's like, the advanced level of those basics. So how that would manifest itself in like weight training for muscle growth might be okay. A basic bench press is you bring the barbell down to your chest, two second negative, tap your chest lightly, press it all the way up and you're training until your bar speed slows down and then you rack it. That is the basic bench press. It is totally fine. Then there's the advanced the advanced basics bench press. You have a slower eccentric, you have a full pause and you're going to failure or close, or maybe using a candor bar, right? So there's like, there's the basics, like you're saying, which are totally cool to learn. And then there's the advanced basics, or maybe I just made that up. It's very very possible that I just made that up.
2: No, I think Um, there's something to that. If you like, so if you look at like a whole training career as a beginner, like you never even actually have to go to failure. So just learning that basic bench press of like, you know, basic decent technique, racket when the bar slows down, you're good, you're gonna grow off that. And then as you get through the intermediate, early intermediate and into the late intermediate before you get to advance, you have to learn to take that you know, basic technique and to refine it and then to maintain it while you're giving 100% effort. And this is where a lot of people shit to bed. Either they are unable or unwilling to give the effort, or unable or unwilling to give the effort with the technique
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think we're on to something here fellas i really do
2: yeah
1: i think i think this, this this idea of advanced basics is super real it's like if somebody is doing the, the just the basics like the normal check the box thing for a little while and it fine but then when their gains peter out then they say i'm doing everything i can and then you say are you because there is another level you just never had to find it before but now that you're here now it comes like i said and maybe the extra slow eccentrics and the super range of motion and the the really close to failure and, and that kind of thing so to this point bringing it back to intensity techniques like maybe intensity techniques would also manifest themselves in advanced basics so in your first few years of training Why would you use any intensity techniques besides supersets, right? To economize on time, which by the way, would probably be one of the very fair use cases for using intensity techniques. And is what we all use when we are training gen pop people in 45 to 60 minute training sessions. It's all supersets for the most part. We, You know, we get that.
0: Um, No, um, one thing I was going to comment on is that I think for advanced trainees too, um, sometimes they feel like they've already maximized. Uh, Because they're advanced, like, uh, sometimes I will get more advanced clients. And, um, you know, you make, you know, here's a way that you can improve your bench press, right. But uh, sometimes there's a little bit of pushback, because they have been doing that technique for a while now. It's established and you know, it's it's something that they've a pattern they've learned um and maybe there is a, a part of the ego attached to the way they really perform that at this point too so now then also i think that something to consider is is just having an open mind uh you know like uh, i was thinking when you were mentioning bench press like maybe a little bit more of an advanced technique are those techniques that improve my muscle connection marginally improve um you know a cue that might like like uh, that i didn't start using recently. until recently. It was like trying to touch my chest to the bar, which, you know, in that, you know, if you're already retracted and depressed, you're probably getting the most out of it. But if you can get just a little bit more of that stretch, like maybe that's, you know, that'll make a difference, right? Um, so I think those things are, are really important in, in keeping an open mind as you become more advanced uh, to these, not to get too off track, but um, yeah, I think that's something that's important.
2: Yeah, oh, boy. I, I think that you, in order to truly become advanced, you almost have to have an open mind because in my mind to truly get advanced is when like you're really are doing everything you can. And it is still difficult to come by gains. Yeah. If you tell me like, oh, I'm advanced and I look at you and I watched you through one training session and I see, you know, 10 different things that you can do to improve. Your training, in my mind, you're not advanced because you aren't doing everything you can. Love that. You I love are that. you are leaving things on the table that you could easily be implementing and doing that would improve your training and improve your results. You're just not doing them, whether it's because of ignorance, because you don't know, or because of ego that you don't want to
1: change. I love that.
0: Great examples at that forum uh, meetup. Like one, I was trying to ask a lot of questions, but I for example like my good morning like you guys looked at it and you're like okay like this is pretty good and then you just told me knees back and that was like the one cue that i was like just missing and mm-hmm. it just it it made a, a huge difference in the amount of stimulus i get in any of those types of of uh, variations hip hinge variations
2: yeah this this is something that i actually uh have really experienced this year. And it's, I understand not everyone has the opportunity to be able to have this, but a training partner can become invaluable, Um, especially as you get more advanced is to have somebody who you trust on a similar level as you ideally that can be there in those moments when you are pushing that set and really, really getting close to failure to give you those like singular cues
1: why dylan's um, moving to florida it's right Dylan. <laughs> shit man i just got settled in arizona I'm kidding. I'm kidding yeah i mean i would like to visit arizona i really would and i would like to say in the yeah. next six months i will come visit because i've never been i'd really like That'd to be awesome i would like, awesome. like to as well but not in six months because it's going to be hell on earth oh yeah i like the heat so i'm cool with it yeah um Yeah, Trevor, I think to what you just said, I actually, I remember Mike uh, talking about this at one point. I don't remember what the context was, um, but you guys consume all the content like I do. So you'll, you'll probably remember. Whereas like when you're advanced do you really think that when someone else is watching you like they're gonna come up to you and give you some random cue that you didn't already think of like dude if you're you're advanced you think about every single little detail every nuance all the time you think random joe's gonna come and give me like a gotcha like you fucking idiot like you know what i mean like i've thought about this and studied well more than you have you know what i mean um so it's like I mean, I don't get this because I don't really have a big following, but like, if I posted, let's just say a squat video and it's like, Hey man, like, how does that feel on your knees? Like, how do you think it feels? It feels amazing. Cause this yeah. is how I like, this is what I do, you know, or it'd be like, Hey, I think you'd get more chest stimulation. If you just like put your elbow out a little bit more like, Oh really? Oh, you think so? Like,
0: yeah. Well, I would know it- you'll, you'll get better. Counter to that is I I would respect it if it was a colleague who I know knows their shit. Like if Trevor sure. was coming on my shit and sure, be sure, like, sure. fix your posture. I'd yeah. be like, okay, I'm listening to him.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a completely different thing. It's you right. know the random Joe, and have, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you've gotten that before either on YouTube or Instagram, where some random person. Well, I mean, it's like yeah, break, TikTok, sure all it, like all the time. Oh, you shouldn't go that low, or oh, don't walk out your
0: knees. I remember the first when uh, when I first started doing uh, the shoulder flexion for barbell curls. Yeah. On uh, on I posted it on TikTok and I got oh, so Jesus. much shit for it. It was so funny.
2: It's because TikTok is a dumpster fire. <laughs>
0: hey, maybe I made one person curl better, so. Yeah, maybe.
1: Jimmy, so you should do TikTok. You would do well on TikTok. So I post my content that I make on Instagram on TikTok. On TikTok, okay, cool. Um, but it just hasn't taken off. I get like that's surprising. Yeah, no. I get like 250, 300 plays per per video. That's it.
0: Yeah. You're going yeah, mean, to you're going
1: to have that one that goes
2: viral you get one, yeah. and then you're going to be I, a TikTok think, hit
0: with your Cuz I think time. your content, I think your content's more organic and TikTok or more organic to- the content does uh, does much better. It's not as curated, which is like just seems to always do well. Maybe I'm
1: picking the wrong hashtags or maybe I'm like I, I should be posting maybe. at the
0: same time, I don't know. I think I think if you did try to do a hook You need a broccoli haircut. And that. A What? Broccoli broccoli
1: haircut. Haircut. my ponytail is crushed now. try to so try look up look
0: up common hooks that people use on there and then just use one of them and then talk about the shit you're going to talk about that you always normally do it might it might make a difference i don't know hooks seem mm-hmm. to help get the initial catch anyway not to get too off track but um mm-hmm. so we were talking about intensity techniques it's a real right so
1: we wanted to go into we wanted to yes. go into um uh, the, the best use cases for them and yes, when yes, not yes. to use them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to list the ones that I have. You guys can uh, say yes, no, add on, disagree, whatever. So the first one is economizing on time. I think this one is pretty intuitive. Um, We mentioned that before. Second one, increasing training volume because straight sets alone are no longer feasible. Yes. And we sort of touched on this before, whereby you might be strong enough to do five sets of hack squats, but didn't come in the gym just to hack squat. You came to do a comprehensive leg session or training session. You didn't come to hack squat for an hour and 15 minutes. So if your rep range is somewhat falling and you're strong, but you know that it's going to take half and earth to do, let's say two more sets, it might behoove you to do three sets of hack squats and then a drop set, or an intensity technique instead of doing that fourth or fifth set. And by the way, this is something that I have incorporated overall in a few different situations in my training, notably in this past year or year and a half where I deemed that the juice was not worth the squeeze and doing a fourth or fifth set as compared to maybe sticking at three or four with adding some sort of intensity technique or even just a down set or something did make more sense. Mm And Dylan, I feel like this would apply to you, especially as you're getting bigger, and your strength is becoming more and more exotic. That doing more of the straight sets, especially with compound movements, even though you can do it, and pharmacologically you're able to handle it, it may not just make sense to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, a number of things. Like one, I'm just going to be in the gym for so long with the volume. Yeah. and and then and then you know maybe maybe a uh, a given lift is if it's a straight set per set is more fatiguing um so it's like how much can i tolerate and have like actual uh, good volume that isn't junk volume you know like how long can i be in the gym for if i need to do five sets of biceps five sets of or 10 sets of back you know uh this many sets of calves whatever else i need to improve on um so there's that consideration as well uh, and i think that i have been using more intensity techniques because um you know, whether it's reducing the absolute load and still getting an an, a, a, an adequate stimulus, reducing the actual fatigue, improving the SFR for myself. Um, yeah, I think there, there's a number of reasons why I've been using more intensity techniques intuitively, even over the last year or so.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: so, one, I think it sort of falls into this um, and sort of not for a couple of different reasons, but it, sometimes just the, psychological demand of getting yourself prepared for a set like a full set versus uh, you're already in the set you know Um, how much psychological demand does it take to get ready for another entire set of leg press to failure versus you're already in the set and you just do a Maya rep or a rest pause, or you have a training partner, you have them pull a plate off, and you do a drop set. You're already in the set. You don't have to re-up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's a the the psychological and mental demands that I think are really easy for people to overlook, but that that will burn you out quicker than, and maybe this is my experience from back in powerlifting, but like the Amount of fatigue getting a high psychological arousal takes from you is something that is hard to comprehend unless you've actually done it.
0: Yeah. Especially, especially towards the end of a training cycle when you're like, all oh, right, God, I got, yeah, you're already fatigued. It's like the latter half of the week and you got like five or six sets of something. You're just like, I don't want to do this.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, I would rather do, you know, three sets of my rep leg messes yeah. than I would six, seven sets of straight sets. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And I think that this all has to be said, you know, we, there is a little bit of um, taking your best guess because you do need to have at least a moderate amount of volume before Mm -hmm. you go into one of these intensive techniques. So from everything we just said, a logical person could come around and say, okay, then why don't we just do one or two hard sets and do drop sets and supersets. And from what we just said, it wouldn't be wrong. But the thing is, is now, comes a little bit of just a- anecdotal and personal experience. Yeah. One or two to one or two top sets is to me is not enough. Um, so I would say I steer more and probably to like th- the three to four set range, get three or four sets under your belt before moving on to a drop set or some sort of intensity technique. But I have absolutely no evidence or like scientific data to back that up. That is purely my own experience. Like to psych up for one or two sets and then go into drop sets, uh, feels more power lifty than physique training. So I think you need to have at least a, a medium of sets, which would be quantified in three to four, in my opinion, before then moving on to that. Um, what do you guys think?
2: I think, well, and you said it in a roundabout way that it's an individual thing. Sure. For you. Yeah. For somebody else, maybe not, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, Yeah, it just depends on, you know, well, and- for Dylan, he might not need what you right.
0: Need. You're right. Yeah, yeah. No, but but I do see what you're saying. I think that um, if we're looking at like program design as a whole or an individual day, um, you you, whether you know, like, for for example, I might put an exercise with an intensity technique, but I'll do a certain amount of sets with that muscle with straight sets if I can, especially if it's a larger muscle. So like, I'll start the session with straight sets. And then Mm -hmm. if I move into an intensity technique, I'm pretty warmed up, you know, I usually don't even have to warm up for it, I go straight into it. I already have, you know, kind of like, uh, I've had some form of like, maybe a little bit of a pump, whatever it is from the previous exercise, those just seem to like groove really well, once I have already done that, right? Yeah, Uh, generally, with the smaller muscle groups, I sometimes you can go straight into it. Sometimes you should do some straight sets first, I think that's kind of like your call and and how you're feeling. Um, And I've done both. Um, But I I do think on those larger muscle groups, it, it has more utility, especially.
2: And I just don't want laziness
0: to happen.
2: Yeah, and and this is, this, I think this also goes back to the the concept of don't let use you, your use of intensity techniques mask your lack of effort. Mm-hmm. Like if you're like, well, I don't, I just want to do like one set and go into drop sets. It's yeah. like, are you are you do, saying that because that's like all you can handle, or are you saying that because you just don't want to do work? Mm-hmm. and that i mean that requires an honest assessment of yourself
0: mm-hmm. what, on, an, on average like we should have a certain percentage is there a certain percentage you wouldn't go below in your program of straight sets obviously i know it's it's very individual i mean for me it's probably 80 percent. 80 percent well it depends
2: (laughs) it depends on a few different factors it depends on like are we talking for delts and biceps because literally everything i do is right right. techniques are we talking about for chest i literally only do straight sets okay
0: generally speaking on on larger muscles do you find that majority of your work is, is straight sets
2: uh minus a caveat that i'll get to in a little bit yes
0: sure
1: I'm thinking about it, um, I use breathers or rest pauses a fair bit. I see I do too, and that's one of the caveats and, like and, and there's a there's a reason
2: I like to quantify those with intensity sets, and that's for a tracking consistency reason mm-hmm. because yeah. I hate hate hate, hate when I see somebody, they're like, okay, I started this progression i did 315 for <laughs> 10 and i took one breather to get through 10 reps and at the end of it they're like oh yeah i did 365 for 10 but i took eight breathers to get through 10 right right you didn't get stronger you I've just took there. more pause. yeah and so i think that using the intensification intensity technique um label on it so that you can have a a box to put it in of you're like okay i'm gonna do and this is the caveat of like when i'm doing a hack squat or a leg press especially there's almost always a a rest pause because i'm taking a short second to breathe and then doing a couple more reps Mm -hmm. but i have a starting number that doesn't change to the mesocycle i have two two breathers
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So, so you'll, so you'll track it as X reps and then two breathers, right? You're not like yeah. going as far as like, Oh, I, I do the same thing. rep seven and rep nine. Right. Yeah. Just for people who are listening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I do. The I, same I thing. actually,
0: I, I actually don't do that. Uh, but, but, be, but because I know like, I don't take breathers, like I'll just go into it, but um, does there any added utility or is it just like, you have a preference for breathers? Like I, I want to understand your logic more.
2: Part of it is, um, again, it goes back to the, I'm already in the set. Um, and some of it is just like, certain things are very actually like the axial load and the having to brace of it. Like, you just have to take a breath before yeah. your muscles are at their limiting factor. And it's just keeping yourself honest where you're not like, because I see people do this leg presses the worse for it um lower raises are actually really bad for it too right um where they're like you know they're again they're saying well i'm doing you know 20 30 40 more pounds or i'm doing you know three five six ten more reps but it's like you literally just added you went from taking one breather rest pause my rep whatever you want to call it to taking eight yeah, you didn't actually progress you stalled out after week one and you just took more breathers to force yourself to get more yeah
0: yeah
2: i think and that's i just think I... it's a, a a way to keep consistent whether you do them or not but that you if you're going to do them you set a limit
0: i would say that's on like the the border of like intensity technique it's, it's yeah cool. that's like because the rest is is limited too. It's like you know, maybe a few breaths. I guess it is kind of. I mean, my rep, how many breaths are you really taking? I guess, but uh, it's yeah. right there on like the border, which is still like kind of a straight set. But like, let's make sure we maximize this straight set. So let's take a yeah. breath. But also- I think uh, I,
1: I think that it's most concordant actually with your muscle size and your fitness level. For somebody like me, or for somebody like Trevor, you could make the case that a, a breather is not really so much an intensity technique because we're not that big and in shape. So, you know, it's sort of second nature to us and it's not a big deal. Whereas somebody like you, there's a very, very clear difference between you doing straight sets and you doing breathers. For me, there's really not that big of a difference. Like, uh, and I, what I've found from people also are just not that big and not that strong, most people can handle breathers on almost everything. Most people are not, unless you're a ranked beginner or you're quite strong and fast twitch by nature, you're generally not just doing straight sets and racking it. Um, this has been my experience only small bro huh i i did yeah but i called myself <laughs> small too so i don't care I think, yeah <laughs> yeah um shall i get to these other reasons also dylan uh, i have a few more
0: sure sure well i, I just want to know so what do you mean by that uh because oh. i may be missing it so like like for me taking a a, a breather versus you guys what is the uh, exact difference. Like
1: length. for you, I, I think for you, y- there would be utility into programming and exercise straight sets, right? Like maybe first mesocycle, you'd be doing squats straight sets. And then second mesocycle, you might have squats with one breather and then squats with two breathers. Whereas for some like me, if I do squats with no breathers, I can rack the weight and be like, I had a lot more reps. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if I just took a couple of breaths. Whereas for you, that wouldn't work. You would literally crumble under the bar because you're a lot bigger and stronger than I am.
0: Yeah, I guess, I guess from anecdotal experience, I don't feel like I let, leave a lot. Like I feel like if I take a breather, like on leg like press, and I've already gone close to failure, I'll do like one rep and then I'll be like, all right, I'm done.
1: Correct. That's exactly yeah. it. That's exactly yeah. it. And that's why this is individual. That is actually
0: a really good point.
1: Yes. If you because, take the breather, yeah. yeah. If you take the breather, And you feel like it doesn't matter then it doesn't and for you it's basically the same whereas for trevor and i if i take a breather i can get three more reps probably or four yeah that and that's actually now that now that you say
2: it that way i i kind of get it more and i've actually noticed that where the stronger bigger and stronger i get the less i do yeah okay whereas before it would be like i would do like hack squats I'll do, you know, 12 reps and i would take like three to five breaths and I would do like four or five more reps. Okay. Now it's like 12 reps, a you know, four or five breaths, one, two reps,
0: one this is if interesting. I don't get buried. This is interesting looking back because I remember um, not having a standard for the way in which I performed reps before I did all this. And uh, realizing that like I was just having a really hard time when I started tracking because I would be like I did like five more or less than last week because I didn't have that standardization of technique um, uh, in in, in between reps. I mean, not technique breaths like uh, actual time rested like on a leg press and it made a a much larger difference. And I remember being so frustrated, like shoulder raises were it was another one being so frustrated. Like, why did I do five more reps or five less reps than last week? Uh, That makes a lot of sense in retrospect for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. so what, what like i said points? i do raise is
0: another one yeah yeah no i remember I, I remember doing like john meadows programs and like trying to track it and it was just like i just didn't know when to stop i was like and then i would take a breath keep going just like just be there forever shimmy there were some other things uh, uh that you wanted to mention about yeah, um, yeah.
1: so the next one is limited limited gym equipment which seems quite intuitive if you don't have a lot of gym equipment and you need to find ways to make things harder and seek variation, then the use of intensity techniques would probably be a good idea. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's, that's quite obvious. Yeah. Um, at the end of a cut or at the end of a mass, when you really just have to throw everything there because you're about to go into a, a lower volume phase. So probably for most people, your first mesocycle of anything, whether it's massing or dieting should be straight sets. Your second mesocycle is dealer's choice. And your third or fourth mesocycle, if you're going to go there, will probably have a lot more intensity techniques thrown in. Um, and this is just, that's what I was getting at. I don't know if yeah. you guys have anything to add there. I feel like we, we all agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the last one, I think that we talked about, I call it fatigue interference. You're strong enough to do several straight sets of an exercise. But fatigue often gets the better of you so you add intensity techniques to make up for the volume yeah i think we've kind of touched on this
0: yeah yeah um right shoot i don't know if i'm remember the one i had a point in which it'll probably come to me later um <laughs> back back on what you were gonna say shimmy um what was the the point prior I said fatigue
1: interference.
0: No, no. That's what um, I'm calling for. Before, before that, before that.
1: Oh. you uh, having intensive techniques cycle. thrown in at the end of a training block it, when you yeah, have to
0: maximize your volume. Well, and, and no, the one was the, the cutting too, I think is uh, something that's really interesting because I think uh, a lot of people try to preserve their um, strength. And um, this is something I learned from Jared was like actually introducing novelty so that you don't psychologically get caught up in that. And then also mm-hmm. preserving SFR uh, and biasing the SFR because fatigue is—you're a lot more sensitive to fatigue when you're um, cutting. So, um, yeah, getting these intensity techniques um, will will help you uh, actual stimulus in the amount of time and less fatigue incurred. Uh, overall, they may be a little bit less stimulative than maybe straight sets, but uh, that's not the the point or priority when you're cutting. I guess. Yeah. I have, uh, I have one other one that I actually
1: didn't write about because it was uh, too long-winded, but I'll add it here. And I'm sure you both will know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm going to call it exercise preservation. And what I mean by that is if you have an exercise that you're really enjoying, adding intensity techniques in when straight sets of that exercise start to go scale stale, s- scale, start to go stale is a great way to keep that exercise in and further preserve your variation for future mesocycles to come. So, yeah, I've
2: done that. Sure. We
1: all, we all have, if pull-ups are amazing right now, then you would go pull-ups, maybe add reps or weight on pull-ups, maybe add reps or weight on pull-ups. Then you might go your pull-ups right to an assisted pull-up drop set or a (laughs) pull-down drop set or something rather than, just going pull-ups for two mesocycles cycles or three and then going right into your pull-down when you probably could have had maybe another four or five weeks of just rocking out with pull-downs just yeah yeah Mm
0: -hmm. this is something that um after talking with trevor uh i've changed my position on slightly um whereas i used to do this preemptively because i thought that there was actually like a reason in which i should just uh, I guess from my interpretation of reading RP stuff, I was like, okay, well, if I use X said uh, intensity technique or said exercise for uh, X amount of mesocycles that I need to make some sort of variation or it's just not going to work. While that that may be true, I think that it really depends on your your individual like staleness proxies for that exercise. And you shouldn't just preemptively be Like maybe you should, especially if you know that that exercise may be getting stale and you maybe need to add in an intensity technique, but you should also kind of assess a need somewhat like, like you said, like maybe there are two mesocycles where you do, you know, one with straight sets, maybe one with, with added load or, or something along the lines, but, um, actually looking for a need in which to add the variation, um, whether it's the exercise is not as stimulative as it was, um, or you're doing, now you're you're after two meso cycles it's you you're t- it's taking you an excessive amount of sets to get a good stimulus um and then also if an intensity technique is working you know keeping it in for a little bit longer i used to be like oh if i did my reps last meso i just need to get them out uh, and do something else but i think that there's some things that just continue to work and i just don't want to touch mm-hmm. them if they are working i
1: don't think it was bad dylan that you did that i think that you people doing preemptive things sometimes to learn even though it may not be yeah. optimal I think it was a good idea man because you yeah, did it yeah. right like and then now you can sit back and say ah you know that wasn't a good idea but right right, I, the, right.
2: There, there's a caveat to that yeah good well, you have caveats. you have an open mind mindset like dylan yeah that's true you, you're being thoughtful about why you're doing it and you're thinking about it and you're judging it and you're rating it
0: if you're just right. doing it to doing it you could make you need if, to make the if argument you're just for, doing it to
2: do it it's like why why fix was not broken
0: yeah you could make the argument for deloads too like someone who who doesn't uh isn't able to to um really be introspective of fatigue levels and certain things like it's probably smart for that person to to deload at a certain amount of weeks same as if someone isn't very great at assessing if an exercise is stale or not and maybe just be smart for them to introduce that that novelty and uh preemptively
2: yeah
0: Uh, like like i did do that during prep more so because i was like i feel like my psychological state uh would interfere with my ability to be completely objective or as objective as i can be about how these exercises are affecting me so i'm just going to make variation and just know that you know and just, just try to get as best stimulus as I can. And that's, that's, that's that at the end of the day. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's,
2: there's certain times where it's like, you know, when you're deep in a deficit and your body fat's getting really low, it's like, your, your mind just doesn't work right at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I sometimes... if, if, if you don't know what that means, if you don't know what we're talking about, when we say that, you just haven't laid enough yet
0: yeah yeah and I I know that and so I start even just in my daily life like trying to be aware of that and and even in my training you know in my process whatever it can be is like knowing that maybe I should not put some of this subjective stuff on me because I'm not going to be the best at interpreting it especially when it's in my face mm-hmm. I'm like in the workout doing it I'm tired I want to go home whatever it might be you could screw up your rating a little bit so yeah Shimmy, is there anything you want else you wanted to say about intensity techniques while we're on the topic?
1: I mean, I could add on like what is what is not good justification for intensity sure. techniques. I think that yeah, I I was literally just thinking about a few. So but I feel like it's all intuitive, right? So number one, well, that because made it's that fun, that's it's not, not a good, good idea. Number one, because it's fun is not a good idea. Number two, because you're parroting other people, that's not a good idea. Um, what else did I write? Hold on. What did I write? Let me let me go and quote myself. Um, Trevor, if you have a good one, I mean, shoot it. Cause the ones that the ones that I have are all intuitive. Uh don't
2: let fatigue make you a bitch, and that be the reason you do. Yeah. Um and, and by that, it's like if you're progressing like perfectly fine and you just kind of feel like shit. Granted, there's a time and a place for everything, but don't be like, oh, I'm really tired. So instead of doing my, you know, four sets of bench, I'm just going to do a couple of drop sets and call it good.
1: Yeah. Why? I had that too, yeah. to Congrats. combat to combat boredom.
0: Yeah, same, it's a similar thing as boredom. It's like, you know. While you're like, on that. Okay, continue your thought, but I wanted to say something after you're done.
2: But it's just like it. If you are progressing and you, you know, you do your first set and you added five pounds and a rep, you are not so fatigued that you need to just do a drop set instead of doing your other three sets.
0: One thing that I wanted to add is that was, that was a point when you're traveling, um, maybe a time in which you would use these, right? Cause this is something yes, that, yes, That's I used point. to be like, I used to be like, oh, I need to do my routine that I designed and I can't deviate from it. But it's like, I don't want to spend, if I'm with friends or family, spend two hours doing a workout, Uh, or, you know, whether, whatever, whatever I'm doing, it's just like taking two hours while you're maybe on vacation or doing work or whatever it might be is is a lot of time. So when might we introduce these uh, intensity techniques and how would we introduce them for, for travel as well? Shimmy, do you have any thoughts on this? I know you do.
1: Yeah, I do. I was uh, being courteous to let you go first, but I'm very happy to go first. Oh, I know Um, you have
2: thoughts on this.
1: Yeah, I do. So my first thought is I'll go Trevor on you. My first thought is I'm just going to project what I think. And what I think is that if you're traveling, just like don't worry about it. And if you don't train, don't train. And if you do get in the gym, like just don't train super hard, don't train super easy and you'll be fine. And um, largely doesn't matter. Um, That's my first thought. And that's what I do because I used to be very on it uh, unnecessarily pedantic like Dylan just referenced and have to find the gym that's got my specific thing go to that specific place. And um, I I just generally don't do that as much as I used to. I'm not perfect and I still have that in me. I still have that like pedantic demon devil in (laughs) me, (laughs) sure. Devil, devil's in me. (laughs) Mama, he's the devil. Um, Oh, thank you. Oh my God. No, Uh, Colonel Sanders, you're wrong. Mama's right. Uh, (laughs) um, Yes, but if you are going to travel and you can do these techniques in a higher rep range um, and not so far from failure. So you're not carrying a bunch of bunch of fatigue and you don't have to worry about injury risk, maybe being in the six to 10 or 10 to 15 rep range. That's probably how I would do it. But it also depends like, what does your traveling look like, right? Like if you're traveling far for somewhere, chances are you're going on like a real vacation. And if you're not, if you're traveling an hour or two, do modifications really need to be made? Like just go do what you were going to do. If I'm I'm in South Florida and I'm traveling to London, it's a nine hour flight and I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do. Like I'm not looking to like fuck shit up in the gym. I just traveled nine hours, like whatever. But if I'm driving to Orlando, I'm going to go find the gym and do exactly what I need to do because it's not, it's not a big deal. Like,
0: yeah. yeah, Jimmy, I think you're missing it. You're supposed to go to war every time you step in the gym. I don't do that. Yes. I am brother. I'm a lover. I'm a lover. Clearly. You make you're love a to the machines. That's right. We've seen you train Jimmy. We know how you do <laughs> That's right. So the slowest eccentrics are for something.
1: That's right. <laughs> oh, 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 yes. Yes, they are they
0: are this guy fucks <laughs> now you can use that yes i will i still i still have to make the other one i've just been a little behind it's i coming.
1: actually just finished silicon valley rewatching the whole thing oh, really? i finished today six seasons Jeez, this is my third that time watching it
2: take me like four months to watch six seasons of a show not if it's good <laughs> well it, it for my life right now yes it would
1: Oh, I don't know, man. I mean, you—you you also have an addictive personality. I know you. Like, if you liked it, you probably would keep watching it.
2: Yeah, I just—it's rather really, I can actually follow it. Right now, my life is what I've already seen and can put on the background.
0: <laughs> I do that. Like I do just, that. When I try I to go to sleep.
1: Comfort. I need comfort. Right. I literally now.
0: Yeah. do that. I watch. I put on Family Guy because I've seen like every episode so many times. <laughs> that is literally what you're watching to right now. <laughs> That's what that.
1: everybody does with the Office.
0: The Office the really goes too. is
1: better. What is it? I said, Family
2: Guy is better than The Office.
1: Ah, I don't like Family Guy. So. Oh, I love Family Guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have another topic, by the way. Wait, wait, um, I want to hear Trevor's. Will it take uh, us 15 uh, minutes? minutes.
0: Yeah. yeah, wait. I want to. I want to hear Trevor's uh, input, and then we can go to it.
2: On on tra- traveling. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Basically, shimmy. Like, it, first of all, like, is it a huge deal that you're perfect while you're traveling? No, probably not. Second of all, like. You don't have to be perfect exact. You can just kind of best guesstimate the stimulus you need. And yeah, totally. Like, if you need six sets of uh, you know chest or whatever, you know, knock out some you know dumbbell bench to deficit pushups. Do a couple sets of that, and you're probably good on chest. And yeah, at the very least, you're not going to lose muscle.
1: Right. 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 chest is an easy one trevor do do uh do back or do legs chest is an easy one
2: okay yeah i mean same thing though it's like if you need uh whatever uh say eight sets of vertical pulls you could do uh lap prayers to percent pull down and you could you can get the same thing done and you you could even do drop sets and whatnot i mean there's there's research even showing um that they it can correlate to like do the same grows but if like you're like Look, I don't want to spend two hours. I want to get in forty-five minutes. Go in there, do maybe a hard set of pull-ups, and then a triple drop set of pull-downs, triple drop set of machine rows, hit some bicep curls. Bam, forty minutes. You're done. Sure. Like the, the novelty. The novelty, yeah, the novelty is a big one. Like you, you can't underestimate novelty. Uh, I mean, you
1: just have to keep the volume low yeah which is perfect right if you're traveling so, but to answer your question your though, and like that's how you do it you do that you manifest this stuff by keeping the volume low while you do it
0: well mm-hmm. and i think you're yeah. using kind of like your like loosely like how good of a pump you know obviously we're you just going to your to your um your set uh sorry your your ghetto maybe or yeah, yeah ghetto, exactly ghetto exactly. markers exactly is your pump exactly about as
2: good as it was last week yeah right
0: probably good Right. And, and then considering novelty, like, okay, well, I normally do six sets of this. If I was doing straight sets, I would do like five Well, and I'm doing straight sets with an intensity technique or a superset. Okay. Maybe I'll do like three or four. You know what I mean? Like starting to, to, to think like that. Uh, I mean, yeah. that was transformative for me, but um, yeah, I, I think that, that that's uh, something to consider. I'm going to save my topic for another time because we have questions. Yeah, we should well, and we've
2: already been on here for almost an hour or so. Yeah, I mean, Dylan, you
1: could probably just call this episode Intensity Techniques. Yeah, I'm I actually guess, think
0: guess. that this ended up being
2: a fantastic topic.
0: Yeah, no, Intensity Techniques I, and Friends. I love the fact that we could just take a topic and then just rant about it for however. I mean, I and I always learn something, too, It's is awesome. Yeah. Word. I think it, I, I wanted to say here, I was just thinking about it while we're doing this, is I'm really glad that we do this, because I feel like outside of, like, RP, um, there isn't a whole lot of like I mean there is uh everybody has their own systems but I feel like um since we've tried a lot of these methods and 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 are thinking through them I think it's a really good platform to be able to discuss them and I'm really glad that we do it. Yeah so same say that thankful for it. you guys. Yeah Agree? I definitely
2: I feel like uh learn a lot just even talking through some of these things with you guys. So
0: yeah. I don't know I, I, like I told you about that calf thing I was just planning out my next uh and I was putting in notes like pause on this one and you know go through this one with control t- uh, technique and like all this yeah. stuff and i'm super excited to implement that now and then like trevor and i were in vegas and he was like telling me some stuff i might be able to do and it's just, like super fun to, to it's apply. gonna be
1: so awesome dylan by the way when you start instituting pauses on your calf stuff and you notice that your weights get cut in half and you're no. like what the fuck <laughs> it i already used, like
0: light ass weight yeah I'm, it's already embarrassing for the size of my legs
2: <laughs> yeah it's you do it and you're like oh man this is huh? See, see the person loading up, like stacking the calf machine or uh,
0: loading, every time, have, like
2: eight plates on the leg press. And you're like, every time I come to it and it's two. at the bottom,
0: I'm like, I just want to see what that last guy was doing. Right. And then you find out it was a girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. Really? yeah. You
1: just described yeah. my gym.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so I guess I'll just answer these in stories. It's probably fine. Yeah. Unless
1: yeah. wait, unless you wanted to talk about the split squat one. Okay, we have. Seems like you to want talk to talk about, about that, yeah. Okay, so
0: we got a question about, about split squats. We'll we'll call it after this one, and I'll answer the rest in yeah. IG stories. Uh, where, when, and how? Uh, under what circumstance Under what context to program or not a split squat into your leg work? Are you a when you hate yourself? Yeah, you, you so, program them when you hate yourself.
1: So so split squats rock when they're done properly mm-hmm. in the right context and for the right training age. Split squats go, are very divisive, right? On the one hand, they get a really bad rap because people say, oh, they're so hard and they take so long to set up. And people in, in our circles say the stimulus to fatigue ratio is so bad because the RSM is so high, sure. But on the other hand, there are a lot of people that swear by them. And there are some people that say split squats are better than bipedal squatting. Uh, there's a large camp of people that really swear by mm-hmm. that. And I think that it's somewhere in the middle, And I think you just have to know when you're using them. So if you're a beginner or an early stage intermediate, so somebody with sub five years of training experience, I think split squats could be a great staple in your training as a leg movement, dead serious. Like you could be doing them often and you're going to see amazing results. The caveat that I will say when you do them, uh, and this is a personal feeling, the front foot needs to be very, very elevated. To you can generate a very big range of motion in the front leg. I am not such a fan of the forward leaning split squat. I know people do it. And it's I- it awkward. Have you ever tried it? Uh, I've actually programmed it for people when I didn't have the opportunity to um, have the front foot elevated. And I've also programmed it for girls um, to potentially emphasize a bit more glute, especially so as awkward. a second movement, correct? Uh, But I would prefer not, I would prefer to just have a very big front foot elevation. So just doing a regular split squat with your heel elevated in the back and then squatting down, I don't think is good enough. It will leave you wanting, but if you have a big front foot elevation, um, I think the movement is fantastic. Now, all of that being said, after your first five years of training, when you've generated some strength and some size, I think that then they can only be used. As an intensity technique, or as a very lighter variation at the end gonna, of the quad movement, or as yeah. a, a as a lighter quad movement, yeah, on a glute yeah. ham day or after squatting and leg pressing. I don't think doing them as a first movement for moderate rep range oh, is God, a good no, idea. No. Now, further to that point, the only use case that I see is actually the one that I'm currently running that I love is if you're going to do them on a Smith machine with a front foot elevation, because now you don't have as much of an issue of stability because you're just in the machine. So if I was to put pen to paper on this, first five years of training, you can do them any way you want so long as your front foot is elevated, i.e. dumbbells, free weight bar, yeah, you could do that, or Smith machine. Afterwards, it's either going to be very high Safety rep bar. range with dumbbells or straight sets with the smith machine and no use case for a barbell that's my piece
2: yeah uh so i i i agree um i think split squats are probably the best exercise bar done, in my opinion um
1: the,
2: i get it the stimulus- i get
1: it i get why you i can't say yes or no i i get it
2: um, in my in, And in my experience, both with myself and with clients, split squats are just hard to beat. Um, they're easy to set up. Uh, they're easy to perform, especially when you're talking about like teaching someone to do like a, a deficit sumo deadlift or a, a sumo squat compared to a split squat. Split squats way easier right. from a learning perspective. Um I do. I, I agree um, with your statement of like a uh, beginner early intermediate. Yeah. You can, you can totally use it as a, like a primary exercise. Yeah. But as you get more advanced and you get bigger and stronger, I don't think it lends itself to that anymore. When like I do them second, like last in a session and can do like with a safety bar, like 155 pounds. If I did them first, and that's for like 12 to 15 reps.
1: It's a lot, by the way. If I did yeah. them first
2: in a session, I mean, I'd be doing it with well over 200. Yeah, and that team. does not sound like a good trade-off anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but if you're like, you know, at your freshest and strongest, you're using 70 pounds for a set of 13 or 14 reps per leg that's per, per, per yeah, leg per, per leg yeah that's fine um and so you know i i agree with your that was actually a very good point one i don't i don't think i've never talked about and i don't think i've seen many people talk about but you brought a very good point there yeah um is your training age plays a lot to it so basically to sum all this up like shimmy said uh beginner early intermediate yeah they're great you can use them anywhere and particularly if you want a big butt i think they're awesome big quads Um,
1: too man my quads get so sore from them oh yeah my quads get more than any other movement by the way
2: uh see for me it's glutes i mean literally like i i funny story i did um front and back foot elevated split squats one set after an active rest phase and my glutes were sore for 10 days
1: yeah Amazing.
2: And I literally, like, I couldn't squat and I couldn't hinge. My glutes were so sore.
0: Yeah. I could not even be close to failure and just get ridiculously sore. Yeah, exactly. Like I've I've had that happen before. I'm just like, um, I did want to say one thing. So they tend to lend themselves to higher rep ranges as well, right? Not, yeah. You're generally not doing split squats of 5 to 10. Uh, and any intensity techniques that you would apply when using a split squat? Um, Because I feel like, yeah, maybe a straight set in the 15 to 20 but there's also probably other ways like you could go alternating leg, like you do one leg, go into the other, go right back to the other, do that until some other stuff maybe.
1: I only do them that way to economize on time. I would never do. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, hold on. I actually take that back. Um, If I'm on a Smith machine, like I said, like the implement that I'm using now, I alternate one leg to the other because then it just takes too long. And I probably would make the case that you're more stable doing all of one leg and all of the other. But I don't really see many people doing one leg and then immediately being able to go to the other when they have good techniques. They have to rest. So that's why I pretty much (laughs) always do alternating. And I generally don't program intensity techniques because I find they're disruptive enough with straight sets that I've never needed it. Um, I've seen trainers coach girls like that, where they're like pulse at the bottom or pulse at the top. But these those people's are techniques are super bad. Yeah, and those don't are dumb anyway. I don't, any
0: yeah, way. I usually see Sorry. them with like a band around their thighs while they do it. And I'm just that's like, funny.
1: Yeah, way. that that I that I I don't okay. see. And also, when it comes to rep ranges, likely because of the way that I do them, right? Like Uguay from Kung Fu Panda. That's the turtle. He's very wise. If any of you guys have seen Kung Fu Panda, he's great. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, yeah, one of my favorite characters the point is, is cuz i do them fucking slow this is what i'm getting yeah, at yeah 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 um, Time, i'm very is... i'm very constrained in the rep range that i do okay uh, yeah well, like i mean yeah doing... if
0: you did a 20 rep set, set i mean guys you would... five
1: minutes it's not possible like a i do at the,
0: 10... line at the smith machine for the next people to use yeah them.
1: it's not possible I, I do 10 to 15 steps per leg and yep. i can't do like I'm not going to do any more than that. I'll be there for literally two and a half minutes each, like for, in a set. For the record,
2: I think 10 to 15 per leg is probably the sweet spot. for oh, a yeah, squat. I agree. Just in general. I don't think they're actually, I I think the cardio becomes too much of a limiting component if you're trying to do 25, 30
1: per leg. I think it's very much commiserate with the technique and tempo that you do, right? like If someone was doing a three-second eccentric with a pause, I and they did eight per leg. I'd be like, good set. Yeah, you know? no, totally. But totally. Like- I'm yeah.
2: I'm just saying in general, right? When you're getting over that 15, if we're talking 20, 25, 30 reps per uh, per leg in a set, I for me, you're gonna, it's gonna take a lot for me to look at you and say like, was it really your legs that gave out, or is your lungs just on fire?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah,
2: I mean, if you're doing like slow and controlled eight to 15. Sure.
0: Money, money. So can I say, yeah. can I say one thing? Uh, so I'll get, get you guys out of here in a sec, but I know oh,
1: we're a, not leaving yet. Cause I have one other thing I want to bring oh, up about this,
0: but um, when I do lunges or any of these variations um, I feel like, especially lunges and I don't mean to get too off topic, but like, I feel like I have a really hard time gauging failure, but I feel like it's if I'm doing alternating, especially uh, I get this on split squat sometimes too, but I just, the, the rest in the, the previous leg, allows me to go forever. yeah, I don't uh, fix that. Uh,
2: you I don't know. I don't have that problem. I literally can't stand up oh. basis
0: I've literally actually no, I just feel like keep going. Up. I'll keep adding weight, keep going and I'm like, now then that eventually my low back or something <laughs> I, is can offer, I can offer I can offer
1: something for you. yeah, yeah think, think, please. Of the, think of the position of your spine, meaning when you're starting, you're generally quite upright. <laughs> Notice you- the degree of spinal bend, spinal flexion, okay. as the set progresses, because mm-hmm. you're obviously gradually shifting the load from glutes, quads, wherever, to maybe more lower back. Maybe yeah. So if you I- notice that that you sort of have to like, for people that are watching, like you bend down to come up, you might want to call the set there for technique yeah. standardization purposes.
2: Uh, so I say like, I don't experience that, whereas like I don't experience where I can just or keep you've going, seen and it. going, going. I experience exactly what Shimmy just said. Okay, okay. Whereas so like my technique falls apart. I can continue to do reps, but it's, it doesn't look like the same movement at a certain right. point.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I noticed with the sissy squats that I've been doing, if I had mm-hmm. to stay upright, I'm doing like, three reps after a hard like yeah yep. but it's like just so it just annihilates it my claws. so painful but that's only if you stay upright you're not starting yeah, to bend over right so that makes sense bend
1: over and shoot your hips up i mean but then it's yeah, like, exactly yeah, your it's the, it's the hips over. shooting up it's exactly that yeah. okay, when you okay. notice that your hips are starting to shoot up then you may want to conclude the set no dylan what i want to dig into real quick yes, for the people ahead. that are listening are maybe some some advanced cues within the movement to optimize the movement um things as far as when you're coming up to lead with your chest, so you're not actually going forward. This is especially true on a Smith machine. So you're thinking almost like high bar, uh, feet forward squat mechanics where the chest should be the first thing rising, yep. correct, instead of your hips. And I think a lot of people don't think of that. And also the pushing off the back leg gets a bad rap. A lot of people in our space, like the smarter people space, they will harp on keeping all of the weight in the front leg. And for the most part, I'm here for that. But I think when you take that too far, that almost becomes an exercise in like ballet where it's not going to happen. And a lunge is innately 50-50. You're trying to bias a little bit to the front leg, but I feel like there's back leg happening. There's back leg trying to happen. So like you need to let back leg happen in, 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 in some capacity so like when you're at the bottom i don't think pushing off the back leg a little bit is bad um maybe it's not going to be completely 50 50 but maybe it's 65 35 but if you're not pushing off the back leg at all then you're going to be sacrificing stability and i don't like that
2: i agree i literally tell people to not worry (laughs) about it.
0: correct yeah when you said about the cue with with the chest up now, if you were, say, wanted to bias a little bit more and you lean forward, like well, one, would you recommend doing that? And two, like, at least what I see is that, um, say I want someone to potentially be more biased in that position, um, keeping them in that position and still having them leave with the chest. Cause you could actually have your hips lead and you go like this, even if you're slightly bent over, like you could do you, this, right?
1: You could, you could. And I think that it's a fine technique, but from what I'm talking about, it's already so good. For
0: the even if you're just staying upright as possible Correct.
1: it's already I think, so good i think that that whole
2: leaning forward for the glutes thing is kind of overdone yeah and if you look at the hip angle that you create with just like not using a super short stride yeah there is no way if you are not doing some super super short stride where your heel is like under your hip that you can stay upright and still not get just an insane glute stretch.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. I guess, like I guess I, said, it, I programmed it for girls, uh, in the past when I was limited on equipment, but for the most part, if I have the opportunity to elevate that front leg significantly, then I will. Right. One other thing that I want to add, and I don't know if you've thought of this before is when I have that front leg, I'm also very mindful to point my foot and my knee slightly diagonal, not straight ahead. A lot of people do this straight ahead and it's the same mechanics as a squat. If I'm able to push my (coughs) knee and my foot outwards, it's much easier for me to descend down and it's much more comfortable versus if I'm pushing my my foot and my knee straight. you also have
2: a, uh, you have a slightly wider base of support and so stability is less limited. You you can can
1: also squeeze the glute by the way, a lot more doing that pointing your foot and your knee out. So when you come up, you can contract it instead of from a straight, if you contract, like if any of you guys have ever gotten on stage and flexed or whatever, uh, as if I've ever gotten on stage before I haven't. Um, but if I was Mm -hmm. flexing your glute with a straight foot is not nearly as easy as flexing your glute when your foot and your knee is turned
0: out. Yeah. Oh yeah. I agree. hundred percent. One thing I wanted mm-hmm. to say before we get out is um, when you said uh, that people will focus on um, lunges and like, it's like their bread and butter. It's like all they do for quads. I don't know why, but I thought of uh, Forrest Gump. And when he's like naming the types of, is it gumbo, I think? I can't remember. what was going say shrimp. Shrimp. Yeah. 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 It's like uh, a yeah. uh, uh, split squat and heel elevated and back foot elevated and, and lunges. Like that's what I was thinking of. I don't know why that popped in my head.
1: Yeah, they're a badass exercise, man. They're yeah. really, really good. I might, um, I might just
0: program some in now that we talked about them so much. But
1: when you program the Mind Dylan, number one, do one set each leg. Be very mindful of that. <laughs> and number two, don't force the range of motion on the front leg because it will come. Uh, this is another lesson, I guess, for anybody looking. Um, like if you ever see the way that I do it, I have literally four risers under a step. It's a big range of motion, but I didn't start there. Yeah. and chances are you won't either so yeah. you can start with just a small deficit in your front leg and as you get used to it you can increase the magnitude of the deficit in the front leg start with one set i told him that that was the first thing i said yeah yeah no just like as, as a rule of thumb one set like for all the
0: listeners and if you think you could do more one set
2: yeah yeah you otherwise you're... if you do it right
0: you probably shouldn't think you should do one more yeah
1: yeah mm-hmm. cool.
0: All right, well, we'll get you guys out of here. Uh, this is a really great episode, I, I dude. You're gonna really have the doing.
1: easiest timestamps of your life. There's like three timestamps. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe I should get better about like the topic. individual
0: it, uh, subtopics in it. Uh, maybe I could do that. No, I
1: don't think so. I literally think you have. Uh, you, by the way, you could turn the recording off. Uh, well, yes. Unless you
0: don't want to. All right, bye, guys. Thank you. Hey, peace, All that stuff. Yeah. <laughs>